Thank you for tuning in to Mentor Moments. A good mentor can have life-changing impacts on you and your career. We know that not everyone has someone they can call a mentor. So that's why this podcast brings you insightful advice from executives and leaders to help you grow personally and professionally. My name is Alex Keon, and let's get right into today's episode. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of Mentor Moments. Today, we have Mr. Scott Bono, VP of Global Talent Attraction for Indeed. Mr. Bono, thank you so much for joining us today. Alex, thanks. Thanks for having me. It's our pleasure. And I want to first start off by asking if you could please tell our listeners a little bit about the journey that led you to become the Vice President of Global Talent Attraction for Indeed. Yeah, absolutely. So I have been in this role for just about the last three years. But prior to taking this role in in HR as head of Global Talent Attraction, I actually spent the first 19 years of my career uh, on the software engineering side of things. So um, my degree is in computer science, and I spent the first 19 years of my career first as a software engineer, and then later sort of an accidental people manager, and then an even more accidental uh, engineering leader and executive um, before now being an even, even more and more uh, accidental head of HR. But um, one of the things that uh, I think really led me to where I am in terms of my career these days is I have always had a really strong uh, interest and focus on people and teams and and sort of started out as a software engineer building software on my own. And then, you know, as I became a professional, getting to work with other people and understanding how groups of people could work together to build something that was bigger and more, you know, more effective and more impactful than just what one person could build. Um, as I got through further and further uh, into my into my engineering career, I discovered that I was actually more interested in the people challenges. I became sort of less interested in you know, what technology do we build this particular piece of software with and how do we approach it? And more interested in questions like, do we have the right people on the team? And are those people empowered to make the right decisions? And as I got further and further in my career, I realized that those were the most interesting problems to solve as groups and groups got bigger and bigger. And so when I was given this opportunity about three years ago to make the shift from a career in engineering leadership to one in people leadership focused, on talent and you know bringing the right people together to work on these kind of very impactful problems that we get to work on at Indeed, it was a natural fit and happy to say three years in and uh, I'm, I couldn't be happier and I'm definitely not looking to make a move back to engineering anytime soon. Thank you for sharing your journey with us. Now, a big part of the season is focusing on the effects that COVID-19 had on hiring and how those effects are still being felt today. I think you're a really interesting guest because, of course, you can speak from your perspective as an HR professional, but also you can speak from the perspective of Indeed, who has all this hiring data. So what were the effects that you've seen that COVID-19 had on hiring? Yeah, so uh, overall, obviously, hiring took a pretty significant hit during COVID. And at its lowest point, uh, job postings on Indeed were down about 40%. Uh, that was May of last year compared to where they were just a few months prior in February of last year. Um, things have bounced back fairly significantly at this point. At the end of July 2021, so the most recent month, job postings were actually up 35% compared to February 2020. So it's, it's safe to say that things are rebounding, but we are definitely still in a position where there are millions that are still out of work. Um, so we're not quite back to normal yet, but we do continue to see progress. Well, that's certainly encouraging to hear. 
And I'm also wondering, what are some changes that companies have made to their hiring processes? And do you think any of them are here to stay? Yeah, I, I really do. And, and, and I think, you know, there's a few things to touch on here. I mean, one is, you know, more remote work means that there was a huge increase in video interviewing, you know, people needing to get jobs can't come in, uh, you know, to an office or to, a retail location or to a warehouse or factory. Um, so prior to COVID-19, video interviews were the exception, not the rule. Like less than 1% of all interview requests on Indeed were video interviews. And in April of 2020, so just, you know, a month or so after um, after the U.S. began to really shut down, that, uh, that demand for video interviewing shot up by more than 1,000%. Um, so we, we, and we think this is something that is going to continue to, um, to happen moving forward. We think that companies are going to, uh, add video interviewing into their hiring strategies. Um, and, and we're, they're seeing that it works well, it's more cost effective. And one of the things that I'm really excited about with respect to video interviewing is it creates so much more opportunity for access. So, you know, so imagine you've got uh, a job seeker who's in the middle of New York City, uh, lives on one side of the city and might have to potentially, you know, might be looking to interview at a job that's on the other side of the city, having to get from where they are during their workday to the other side of the city to interview. That's that's a challenge from a transportation standpoint, from a time standpoint, now being able to just hop onto a video interview anywhere at any time from their, from their phone, from a laptop, from a tablet is going to really increase uh, equity in terms of access to opportunities. And so I think that that's something that's going to stick around and it's going to stick around for the betterment of job seekers more broadly. So we're excited for that. That's a really great insight. And what advice would you share for acing a video interview? Yeah, I mean, I think one of the things that we've all had to get comfortable with over the course of the last, you know, 18 months or so that we haven't before is uh, the idea that not everybody is going to be conducting an interview from, you know, from the same kind of a space. It might not be a distraction-free environment. We've all, I think, experienced um, crying babies or barking dogs or delivery men. I was in a video, inter I was in a, an all hands last week where um, one of the folks on, on my team was having a couch delivered into her office at the time of this all hands. She was trying to answer a question and direct some furniture movers. And so I think we've all had that experience of, of not really necessarily always an ideal you know, situation to conduct an interview. And what I would say to, you know, to job seekers is don't worry about that stuff. I think at this point in, in the in the pandemic, uh, everyone is aware that everybody's circumstances and what their background and, and all those things are, are is going to be is going to be very different. Focus on your opportunity to display what you bring to the table in the context of that interview. Focus on your experience, why you're a good fit, and uh, and then don't worry about everything else. And and um, that's that's something I think it is is good advice for for anybody who's you know interviewing in these very crazy times. Thank you for those very helpful tips. And staying on this topic of how COVID has changed hiring, I read that you said companies should forget about the free lunches when it comes to explaining the benefits that their company offer. What are some of the different ways companies are now attracting talent? Yeah, this is something that I think is is really interesting and something that I, I think we're going to continue to see evolve probably over the course of the next, you know, 12, 18 or even 24 months. When I referred to, you know, forgetting the free lunches, one of the one of the things that I was talking about there was, um, you know, there are there are organizations. Indeed, happens to be one of them where we have the benefit of having really fantastic office spaces. You come into any Indeed office; it's vibrant, it's high energy. There's lots of 
there's lots of interesting perks, you know, whether it's, you know, free food or an espresso bar, or ping pong tables or whatever else it is. It's just, it's a really great environment to get to come into every day. Uh, and, and that was a part of our candidate experience too, you know, our candidate experience, our employee experience. And then suddenly that was gone. So we didn't have that sort of crutch to fall back on of this physical space that was really interesting and exciting. We really had to focus on what is it that we are offering to, you know, to employees and to candidates as an experience that they're going to get that's going to, you know, resonate with them. It's going to make them excited and energized about their work, and it's going to make them want to come work here and, and stay working here. We needed to really get back to basics and, and focus on the things that really matter for us as a company, you know, and as 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 indeed we're a very mission driven company, as I mentioned earlier, we have, you know, what in my mind is the best five word, uh, you know, mission statement in history, which is we help people get jobs. We were able to focus on, on that. And particularly over the course of the last 18 months, maybe that mission has never been more important than it, than it has over the last year and a half. And, and that was all still there when we were going into offices and it'll be there when we go back into offices. But I think it gave us an opportunity to, to really focus on the core of, what we offer and, and what we do. And, and I think that's true for all companies. The, in some ways, having everybody be remote and moving everything to video interactions was a great equalizer. Now suddenly companies with strong employer value propositions with, but who didn't have glitzy office space are on very similar footing to, to you know, folks that are lucky like us that get to have both of those things. And I think that that's, you know, that, that's, a, that's a key thing there. I also think just touching briefly on this, um, we are we have seen you know the, this shift towards very heavily remote workforces obviously not in 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 every single market but in lots of markets um we've discovered over the course of the last year and a half that people can in many cases do their jobs successfully sometimes more efficiently and more effectively without having to go into an office every day and so we are seeing a shift towards a more globally remote workforce not entirely globally remote workforce but i think that's going to continue and it'll be probably the course of the next year year and a half two years where we reach a new equilibrium where we've got sort of a more stabilized and standardized uh market expectation in terms of what the way of working is going to be I think you've highlighted some really interesting trends we're seeing in response to COVID. As we shift to a more remote workforce, I've read that young people still really value that in-person interaction. So what are some ways that you think companies are going to be able to offer that sort of face-to-face time and culture-building activities that matter to young people? Yeah, I think this is this is sort of the million dollar question for a lot of companies as they work to figure out whatever their next normal is is going to be. And I, we, I think we've seen lots of different approaches to it. Some organizations have just decided that we're just going to go full remote. We're, we're not going to have, you know, offices anymore. We'll, we'll plan get togethers around, you know, team building events and strategy setting sessions, those kind of things. But that's definitely the exception as as opposed to the rule. Um, I think the real challenge here is going to be how do we figure out how to really do that sort of team building and personal bonding uh, work, which is really critical to teams working efficiently and effectively when we're in a hybrid environment. What is it like when you know, five of the 10 people on your team are physically in the office uh, together and five are remote. Um, you know, I've heard lots of different strategies around this. One uh, one group inside Indeed has actually made the decision that for hybrid situations, uh, when they're doing meetings, 
if there's if there's a hybrid scenario, then everybody is going to we're going to do the call as a video call, and everybody's going to be on their own laptop. So even if five people are in the same room, they're all just going to be boxes, you know, one head in one box on a screen. And and I think there we we will see some emerging of what the best ways to sort of approach that are going to be moving forward. But that's one of the things I think that the market is going to have to figure out, uh, you know, as as things you know hopefully begin to open back up and where many organizations do have their campuses and their offices, uh, you know, open more regularly, certainly than we've seen, you know, over the last 18 months or so. Well, shifting now to the perspective of a candidate, in light of all these changes, what are some criteria that you think young people can use to evaluate a company when considering whether or not to work for them? Yeah, this is a great question. So there's a few things here. I mean, one is one way to get a good understanding of what it's like to work at a company is to hear what other people who work there or have worked at their work there uh, have said about about that company. So definitely checking out company reviews and getting a sense for uh, for what current and past employees have said that can be really uh, that can be really beneficial. I think um, particularly for young people, one of the things that we've definitely seen in the market over the last many years is that. Uh, this generation of, uh, of of employees, workers that are coming into the workforce have a strong desire to align their personal values and, and the things that they care about deeply with their employer in a way that was decidedly less true 40 or 50 years ago and maybe even more true than was true 10 or 15 years ago. So I think it's important to you look for companies that share your values, look at their mission statement, the organizations that they're involved in, uh, they're involved with, um, you know, and read through uh, read through the, the, those uh, those company reviews. Um, th- most companies have websites that t- talk about their benefits and their perks, their approaches to compensation with things like stock options, now things like their approach to flexible work. Uh, so definitely check those out. And then the other thing that I think is really valuable is taking a look at the company's leadership team. So most organizations will have, you know, sort of a, a, a page on their website that talks about who the leaders are, what they've done. Go look those people up on LinkedIn, see where they've worked, take a look at what their careers are, check out their social media and see what their presence there looks like. Does it match with what you would expect to see? Does it match with what their company is talking about? So all of this kind of, you know, th- th- these little bits of research, things that can help you get a better sense for the organization that you're looking to potentially be a part of, not just to understand what it might like be like to work there, but also um, to, to give you an opportunity to come up with some questions that you might want to ask for the people that interview, interview you when you're going through the process as well. Thank you for sharing your thoughts on that. I think another question that a lot of candidates may be asking themselves is, how can they make themselves stand out on job platforms like Indeed? Yeah, this is something that we get a lot with respect to job seekers, and there are a lot of tools uh, available. Indeed provides a lot of tools for job seekers to help them stand out, including products like Resume Review that gives job seekers an opportunity to have their res- their resume reviewed by someone who looks at resumes professionally to really get their uh, get their presentation and the content of their resume into tip top shape. So that's certainly one thing that they can do. But just speaking more broadly, um, you know, these days with with uh, the advent of of the internet, obviously, and and uh, and the way that we have been doing work over the course of the last twenty years, resumes when they get submitted, whether it's either through a job application or a referral or what have you 
get submitted into something called an applicant tracking system or an ATS. And these are just the systems that we use to keep track of all the jobs that are open, all the candidates that we are aware of that have applied, all those various things, and then help to move candidates through the process of you know, getting interviewed and, and hopefully hired and onboarded. When resumes are, are scanned into the ATS, they are mined for keywords. So these give recruiters an opportunity to search resumes in the big resume database inside of the ATS when they're looking for candidates. So for example, for an engineering role, uh, a particular role might require someone to be fluent in JavaScript. So recruiters might search for you know, JavaScript and you know, three plus years of experience. And so you wanna make sure as a candidate that those keywords, the ones that, that, that recruiters are gonna be looking for are present and clear in your resume. And so the next question often is, well, how do I know what keywords I wanna make sure are there? There's two things here. One is um, oftentimes there'll be things that are fairly straightforward and obvious in whatever field it is that you're applying for. You know, in engineering, it might be the names of languages. It might be, you know, nursing certifications or degrees, those types of things, um, you know, in that particular field and so on and so forth. But another good place to go is to just look at the job description for the roles you're applying for. See what, see what words they're using to describe the work. See what words they're using to describe what the uh, expectations and requirements are and make sure that you're using those same words in, in your particular resume. Um, beyond that, I think you know one thing that's important to understand is recruiters these days are going through lots and lots and lots of job applications from lots of applicants. And so you know one of the things that you can really do to help recruiters is make sure that you keep your resumes brief and focused. We like to say, you know, one, maybe two pages at the most for early in your career, definitely one page. And you want it organized in a way that they can very quickly understand what's the most important information, who are you, what role are you looking for, what's been your most recent relevant experience, and how can they contact you. Those things should be very clear and unambiguous in your resume so that, the, um, you know, you can capture the attention of the recruiter who might be looking through, you know, hundreds of resumes that particular day. That is all some great advice, but for someone who feels like they're just submitting tons of resumes and they're doing everything right, but they're still not getting an interview, what advice would you share with people in a situation like that? Yeah, there's a few things here. I mean, I think first, just right off the bat, I'd say like, don't, don't get discouraged, right? There, there is, there is opportunity that is out there, you know, definitely don't get discouraged. But if you are applying and you're not hearing anything back, then I think it's time to step back a little bit and look at a couple of key things. I mean, one is, what types of roles are you applying to? And do you have the, 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 you know, the experience that those particular employers with those particular roles are really looking for? And then second, what's the presentation of your resume and your cover letter as well? Are you, are you doing the things that you can do to put you know, your best foot forward? One of the things that I've told job seekers before is don't be afraid to not have just one resume. You know, don't be afraid to to have a few different versions of your resume that highlight uh, the skills that are the most relevant to a particular role or a particular employer. And this is another thing where, where, where you know, good cover letter writing can come into place. A cover letter is an opportunity for candidates to describe a little bit about why they're particularly interested in this role at this company. That's where if you've done a little bit of research and you know, you know about the leadership team, you know about the mission, you know about the things that that company is doing, if you can, you know, a cover letter is an opportunity for you to be able to describe why you are excited by that and how you feel like you could add to that environment that that uh, that that you're applying for. And so, you know, taking some time and putting the care into doing those things are going to improve your chances of getting a positive response. 
Well, thank you for all the tremendous advice you've shared today. And just to wrap up this conversation, can you tell our listeners where they can go to get more resources? Yeah, absolutely. So it's as simple as just going to indeed.com. There is a wealth of resources on, on indeed.com for job seekers, you know, obviously with our, our job search engine, but with lots of other tools, like I mentioned before, things like resume review, giving job seekers an opportunity to find, uh, find the resources that they're looking for there. So we'll welcome everybody uh, over at indeed.com. Well, thank you again for your time. And I appreciate you sharing all of your insights with our listeners. Thanks so much. Appreciate it, Alex. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Mentor Moments. Make sure to follow us to stay up to date on the latest episodes and visit us on our website at mymentormoments.org or on Instagram at mymentormoments.